0: Welcome Reanimated fans, this is AJ Conrad coming to you with my intrepid co-host on the other coast, Stuart Tippin. Hello Stuart.
1: Hey Jay. how's it going?
0: All right, a little bit of uh, work difficulty, so we were, you know, we've we've had to take a few breaks, so apologies for that, but we're back, and with two episodes strong to talk about, uh, or weak as it may be, for Fear of the Walking Dead, um, we're going to do a recap of um, JD and Mother, as they are entitled, and then. But before we get that to that, we're going to chat about a little bit of news. There's some things coming out, um, so and then certainly things that I think probably we sh- will re- be reviewing later, and that may be pretty good because I have I have seen that um, there's actually like a two week lag I think between this last episode of *Fear the Walking Dead* and the next one. Um, so that is that so uh, that is I believe what they said. Um, so we'll see what happens with that if that's the oh. case.
1: Yeah. The next one is until June 6th. Hmm. How bizarre.
0: Yeah. So in any case, but we've got some things to keep us busy. And I think that probably in order, uh, while we're waiting for the others to come out is maybe to talk about um, Army of the Dead since that's out in Splashy and and yeah. whatnot. Um, I haven't yet watched it. I know you have a little bit and it's spectacle, spectacular. I don't know what you want to say.
1: Spectacular, um, spectacular. Sums it up nicely. Um, I had and, to stop last night around midnight because there was a scene that got a little too creepy for me. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm just going to watch this by the light of day.
0: Ah, really? Okay. You're not usually that squeamish, but okay. You no, know, I'm a big lightweight. Oh. Um, but in any case, we were just chatting about the fact that apparently Zack Snyder has a Zack Snyder cut of Sucker Punch coming out, which I think is a little weird. Um, just,
1: I think that was more of a I don't know if that was clickbait, but it was I thought it did make me chuckle.
0: Yeah, but i I mean, he kind of does this for almost every film. And I guess my question is why? Like. Sort of, and they did this with Watchmen, and it, and look, and obviously the insanely longer cut of uh, the Justice League, but
1: which I stand by as a better product than mm, the original.
0: I could not make it through. I will admit, um, but um, in any case, I, like I truly, like I just thought Sucker Punch was just a debacle. I so in any in any case, I just don't know that i need to necessarily see that um but um but there it is so he's out there making director's cuts or snyder cuts left and right um and so there there you have it um but we'll, we'll probably watch army of the dead um maybe for the next time but i
1: think we should and honestly i was tempted to even just text you and be like hey let's just skip the rest of fear the walking dead because you know i threatened threaten that last time we podcasted but I'm I'm feeling it, man. I just I kind of want you know I let the these guys do whatever they're gonna do, drive this IP into the ground, and we can move on to more enjoyable things.
0: Well, I I am after especially after these two episodes, I think I am maybe inclined to agree with you. Um, but
1: in our first news item, I was so excited to see yeah. this drop. I hadn't had any inkling of when it was gonna be coming out, and um, so it's the the Black Summer two or season two trailer dropped this week and um it looks like just as intense probably as the, as the first season maybe a slightly larger cast it's definitely a different um environment
0: yeah they're definitely on the planet hoth in this one
1: black summer now with 100 percent more winter
0: yep um, but it does look like a great trailer, so I'm totally fine if we want to we want to check this out. And
1: and I've been doing some internet uh, research, AJ, and I could not find Kelsey Flower anywhere. He played Lance in the hmm. first season, the guy who uh, was last seen running <laughs> running away, being chased by fifty zombies, and they were so fast. And what a terrifying um, scenario for him! But he got away from that one zombie that one time. Will he? Would he? Could he have gotten away from those other ones? Uh, I checked out his um, his Twitter and and or wherever, I think it was his Instagram, and he was posting he was repost reposting the uh, trailer that dropped, saying and and in the past months he'd been posting some photos from set of the first season, saying throwback to this was a great time, et cetera, but no clues as to whether mm-hmm. Lance makes it into this season. And he's not in the trailer. There's. There was one guy who kind of looked like him, but that was not him in, the, in this car scene.
0: Well, I'm just kind of hoping that this is their, you know, sort of gift to the the viewers. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, and there was also something that uh, a series or a short series, I suppose, a Black a zombie comedy series that, um, is now on spectrum as of yesterday, I think, or maybe on Friday, uh, the bite. Um, and there's a trailer that's out and there was a whole article in the New York times about it. Um, It does look kind of ridiculous and they're using COVID as a plot line. So that's fun. Um, So we may have to. I I did
1: like the tagline at the end of the trailer coming much too soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, we'll have to, we'll have to, so there's plenty of stuff out there that's interesting stuff to, to watch. Um, And then you found this, this
1: other. This is something I've been thinking about there. So D and D as regular listeners might know is a thing that I'm into. So. I've been um I had a re I don't know a re- renaissance, a rebirth of playing Dungeons and Dragons um in my adulthood. Um and, and so they've been they've been releasing regular products, source books, campaign guides, and uh, they just dropped one this week called Van Richten's Guide, The Ravenloft. And this is significant because Ravenloft is The world where one of their most famous undead character, evil villains, uh, comes from his name was Strahd and he was a vampire and he was a real bad guy. So now they've released this campaign guide making it more uh, simpler, more simpler to create scary Gothic horror, um, campaigns for Dungeons and Dragons. And so this article from Screen Rant is how to make a zombie apocalypse campaign and, um, I think it's a really cool idea. Generally, zombies are not as scary in D&D as they are in zombie movies and books and the things that H.A. and I talk about because they don't have a communicable bite in, in the fantasy version of zombies. They're just kind of uh, re- reanimated corpses that you can kill. It takes longer and it's harder to kill them, but they're basically fairly easy monsters to kill in D&D, like level two or something. They're, they're, they're fairly low. Uh, But this uh, campaign idea from Screen Rant details how you could make a more like traditional zombie movie style zombie apocalypse in D&D by making them communicable, making them a little stronger and a few other ideas. And this book, this new book from the Wizards of the Coast who make D&D just kind of makes that a little more possible. So it was a really cool little project.
0: Well, let me know how that goes for you.
1: (laughs) And I'm not I don't know that I'm going to necessarily get there, but. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad to see more horror in in, uh, another genre that I enjoy.
0: Just a a quick COVID note. Um, So, you know, vaccinations continue. Um, They're now pretty easy to get wherever you go. Uh, and the rates have dropped, actually, pretty pretty low than they have been. I am curious to see if there is going to be a bit of a spike, um, and they had been seeing some in kids, and so that makes sense, given that kids but um, now 12 and older can be vaccinated, but those 12 and under are still not yet, um, it's not yet approved for them. So let's cross our fingers and hope that they drop again. Um, they were pretty low last summer, but I think they are now at this point lower than they were even last summer, at least in New York. So um, I'm hoping for, for good news, um, bad news in other parts of the world. But they, I did see that we the U.S. was sending um, vaccines into places that need them. Uh, so, I mean, let's just hope for the best, honestly. But it's a little, it is, like, if you still look at India, the numbers are insane and disheartening, and probably a lot more, because I just don't know that their, their ability to test that dense of a population is there um but um
1: and their vaccination rate is like two percent or something it's it's really low. low
0: it's pretty low uh some of that is access to vaccines though so like they just don't have them so that's there's that issue too so
1: well and yet they're like the world's leading producer of vaccines right
0: so that is somewhat horrible um, so in any case, uh, still watching that. I don't want to get too, too, you know, into, into the weeds in this, since we've talked about it quite a bit. And I don't know that there's a ton of new information to add. Um, I would say here in New York, since, uh, I don't know, what do you think about the whole CDC unmasking guidelines? Like I, I do basically what they were saying is that, um, they thought that by saying this, it would encourage more people to get vaccinated. But what I have more been seeing is that it has given sort of license or people just are like, oh, well, now I just have to go without masks, whether I'm vaccinated or no. And that's kind of rough. So I don't know what it's it's definitely been that way here, although, again, our neighborhood is a bit more cautious than others. So you're still seeing stuff a little bit more out in public. And when people are not masked, they're kind of still trying to stay away from each other. But um, what are you seeing out on the West Coast?
1: Businesses are still being very cautious. Yeah, masks same. are required. And actually, the, CD, uh, the CDPH, the California Department of Public Health, has said, we're not going to do what the CDC is doing. We're going to stay with our mask mandate until June 15th. and <laughs> June 15th is this like magical date in California when we're suddenly going to be like out of COVID. Um, and a lot of skeptics are pointing to the fact that our governor is up for a recall and the date might be linked to that and blah, 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 blah. But... So June 15th, let's talk about it again. I'll let you know if I have to wear a mask or not. Well,
0: I can share just a thing that happened this morning just while going. You know, I've been frequenting a a coffee shop, and part of why I've been frequenting it is because they clearly do care about their uh, staff and the uh, guidelines that they've put in place is meant to keep both customers and staff safe. And so they have a rule that, you know, it's, and most businesses here are doing the masking. Like, you're not supposed to go into places without masks. So that's continued to be the case. Um, yeah. And they have a rule that, like, basically, you know, you're only, um, like, three people are allowed in at a time. And... You've got, you know, and everybody needs to be masked. And so I was waiting for my order today and a guy walks in and one of the one of the baristas said, hey, you need a mask because he didn't have one on. And he said, I'd prefer not to. And, the you know, it's a pretty, it's something that doesn't normally happen in, in that I have not seen. And so I was mm-hmm. a little, you know, I was kind of ready to, to basically jump in because I just think it's pretty unfair to put, because it's more the baristas that are at risk for, you know, the the air that's in the enclosed space and that kind of thing um, versus the people who are kind of in and out of there. And the barista handled it very well, but kindly and not in any kind of a negative way and just said, well, that's the, the rule. And if you don't want to put it on, you can step outside. And so he did put it on, but he was grumbling the whole time. And that's just kind of strange to me. Um, because I just personally think it's not fair to the people that have to work in those conditions, and they honestly are not paid enough. So um, to have to deal with that risk, so it was a little disheartening to see that. Um, but I was impressed by how yeah. it was handled. So I there's think businesses that too. are
1: going to be holding the line for for a while yeah. uh, into the future. Um,
0: but that's all I have for that. Um, and then you did you have anything? else to add in i
1: have have video game and in addition to DD news it's a it's a video game news week ha i know you're always excited about these oh i am (laughs) it's just a chance for me to monologue for a couple seconds uh days gone was a game that we have spoken about is a game that we have spoken about on this podcast years ago and i used to bemoan i think even recently that it was a playstation exclusive that was never going to get a chance to play it this was the biker uh, like a kind of a outlaw Sons of Anarchy style biker in the zombie apocalypse, we have watched a trailer for this game. It had like a mob sort of swarm mechanic, a la World War Z the movie. And um, I was I used I watched these trailers and thought this is a game that I would like to play, but I never could. And then uh, the game was released on PC, kind of very much without fanfare last week and, uh, I've been playing it and it is just as fun as I thought it would be. And (laughs) actually the character design is really good. The story has been, has been decent and interesting. Uh, it's not, you know, the developers were always quite, uh, adamant that this is not a zombie game. It's about like people who are sick and they're called freaks. (laughs) If that makes it better, I don't know. But they're basically zombie. I mean, you know, the the I, I don't know what the transmission situation is in this game, but it's a fun game. It's on PC now. I don't know if it's going to go to Xbox too, but it's uh it's been a lot of fun, and I'm glad that it finally made the jump from PlayStation to a wider audience. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that's that's the end of that. I'm I'm a little bit obsessed. i playing it a fair amount You well, just good. can't play it around my kids. It's super gory and, and yeah. disturbing In fact, I was just riding the motors. I was in a scene with um, I think I was looking uh, with a flashlight through some woods at night My daughter comes in and says daddy when you're done playing this creepy game. Can you help me with some coloring? I was like, yes, dear I absolutely She's four. and she <laughs> she, Did she
0: actually say creepy game? Because that's pretty yeah. awesome. She yeah.
1: said, when you're done with this creepy game, it's like, wow. Good book. Call,
0: call me out. <laughs> 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 Isn't it great when they do that? That's But, uh, well, you know, you know why I don't do, this is the problem is that I know myself and if I get, if I go down this rabbit hole, I'm never coming out and that's just not a good thing. So, so this is why I don't do the game. So I'm happy that you do enjoy it and that you have the willpower to not be on it all the time. Like I would be, so,
1: um, like with army of the dead, sometimes I have to walk away because I get mm -hmm. a little too, uh, get too heebie jeebied. but yeah.
0: Um, but without further ado, let's let's now talk about these two Fear the Walking Dead episodes, um, J.D. and Mother. And mm-hmm. um, I will say at the outset, once again, I feel like there was like part of something like um, there is something about the storytelling in both of these episodes. And this has been the trend in the last few we've seen where it feels like there was somehow an episode missing or some scenes missing that would explain more or it's just like honestly sort of poor storytelling that you're supposed to sort of um leap to certain conclusions or the audience is supposed to leap to certain conclusions but as a person who has watched this series from the beginning it um it really felt like there was just these weird gaps um in how they were telling the stories and also once again um Things that characters are doing don't completely make sense to me. Um, But like
1: Sherry purposefully killing a horse.
0: Right. Like things like that. Um, (laughs) That was an
1: extremely frustrating part of this episode. That was like probably the absolute low point for me of this episode. Yeah, Was Dwight being like, hey, stop riding your horse so fast. And then she continues to do it. And then Dwight's like, oh, man, your horse is really having a hard time. And Sherry's just like, bam. And then they're riding on the same horse the rest of the episode. I'm just like, this is... Uh, preventable and moronic and she should be put in the stocks. Do they have stocks at Lake Town? I hope they do.
0: I don't know, but yeah, so that was that's actually almost, I was just thinking about that as I was talking because this is just sort of like uh, there's that, but also their tracking of uh, June in this episode seems a little weird and even her interactions yeah. and um like the whole thing just felt super strange to me and again this is I think leading me to the same conclusion that you reached earlier which is that maybe we need to let this go (laughs) as a thing that let it go
1: or like just say fear the walking dead isn't for us anymore
0: maybe saying it's not for us um and you know I think that there are a lot of good interesting things that it could have explored and done and there's certain things that they're trying to get to with it that just isn't successful because they haven't put the time and the effort in to do it. And again, this is just one of the problems I think with the show and honestly with these showrunners. So sorry,
1: but that's just the way I feel about it. Um, so uh, highlight for this episode is uh, almost certainly Keith Carradine. Oh yeah. And the the oh my god, the symbology here of bringing in another Deadwood actor, Mm -hmm. not only a Deadwood actor, but a Deadwood actor who played Wild Bill Hickok. I know! Who was killed on the show by John Dory himself. I don't remember that guy's name, but um, there was a whole song about him, wasn't there? Yes! Uh, But Garrett Dillahunt's character in Deadwood killed Keith Carradine's character. And here they are, well, John's not on the show, or Garrett Dillahunt's not on the show, but Keith Carradine is now playing his dad. And oh, my gosh, this I don't know if there is actual symboli- symbolism here, well, I think but I was putting it on. I know? was
0: I, I felt that, too. And that's the thing. And I think that's part of what's so frustrating is that uh, he's an incredible actor, um, yeah. just oh, like and Garrett, so is just Jenna like Elfman. Yeah. Man. And like, Jenna Elfman is and they are trying really hard. They are it's just, there's just a lot of problems with what they're given to work with, in my opinion. So yeah,
1: this show has never really had a problem with casting. I think they must have a great casting director. Uh, I don't know how they continue to get the talent and attract it to the show, but, but they've managed, right. It's, but it's then the, the writing is almost always what lets it, what what lets it down. And, and this, this episode was directed by Aisha Tyler and um, she took over their, their Instagram account also. And, had some, of course, funny uh, observations and uh, and things to say. And this one was also written by Nick Bernard Bernardoni, maybe, and Jacob Pinion. Pinion and Nick Bernardoni is the one who wrote another episode that we did not super enjoy earlier this season. I'm trying mm. to remember which one it was. It was "Things Left to Do," um, which we did not enjoy. That was the one after John Dory was killed. Uh, and. It's so. This wasn't as bad as some of the other ones that we've seen. No, um, I mean, I don't want to be.
0: I don't want to be like super nice. It's just basically once again when you're given this great group of actors, or the, especially him and and uh, Jenna Elfman, it, it really is upsetting to sort of see it like. I don't know, just, I don't want to say fall apart, but Keith Carradine and, and Jenna Elfman are so good in this, and then you, you just want more out of it. Um, and so even, you know, even the whole, like, let's just, like, from the beginning, there's this whole confrontation between June and, um, you know, like, like, Morgan and, I don't, again, I don't believe that Morgan would do this. Uh, Grace is suffering. Grace um, mm-hmm. lost her baby. I mean, he's like, you're not allowed to see her. And this is why I had to make you leave. And then, um, and I don't, know,
1: I, I don't remember him making her leave. I thought she left on her own. Yeah, after there was Virginia. no
0: discussion. She just kind of walked out of there. Um, and uh, let's just say that I'm. However, okay. H. I, H. Feel- I
1: do agree that she could. She should have. He should be mad at her because she has been screwing things up. Her decision to not go with John, her decision to stay around and do the hospital, her decision to not stay at Lake Town, uh, where she could have provided more aid to Grace. I'm fine. These are legitimate. Okay,
0: I am fine with this scene if the end scene didn't happen so freaking easily. Do you
1: know what I mean? So they they really make up without any kind of real talk between each other.
0: Like, like, so that's it doesn't match the the beginning doesn't match what the ending scene is That's true. um because there's no reason why he would get to the place he is other than the fact that you know john dory's dad ends up being part of the mix so that's just they, kind of they,
1: they kind of imply that grace has been asking to talk to june i guess because he's like do you remember when i said you couldn't talk to her and it wasn't going to help oh i you know and then grace is in the background He's like, maybe you could talk to her. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know. I, it's I agree very though, odd. There's not enough there to to really have that that uh, makeup scene be as heartfelt and happy as it seemed to be.
0: But um but anyway, so June goes off on some kind of a walkabout. Um, and she she basically is now like, Okay, I'm gonna figure out this doomsday cult thing because, you know, I'm not any use in this settlement. Um, but
1: again, not not taking care of this hospital she's trying to set up. Right.
0: Which was the whole reason why she kind of abandoned John in the first place. The, uh, and, you know, if we're being realistic, it, it's probably the reason why John is ultimately dead at this point. Um, but, you know, she gets caught, followed by Dwight. And they do have a good little scene together where he basically um, says that he's grateful to her and John because they were the ones who pulled him out of uh, his depression. Um, and when, when, he was when he was trying to kill them. <laughs> That too, but you know, and and, and then of course that's an e- easy tie-in with Sherry and to bring her into the episode. But in any case, she goes off on her merry way and she ends up, um, you know, basically um, they, they are they are both um, they're kind of like part of this at the beginning, and then she suddenly get they or sorry they get all amb- ambushed by this guy in the RV.
1: So here's a big question: what she she spots? Uh, John Dory senior on the hillside above the tank town where they are and she's like who's that and then he just starts shooting at them immediately and not at them and he makes a point of being like I'm not just going to shoot out tires and mirrors the next time we blah blah it's like he's apparently just shooting to scare them but why why yeah. is he, why not just walk away yeah because <laughs> at, at the but at the end of this engagement when he wastes i don't know 8 or 9 rounds of ammunition which i'm sure he can't spare he then does walk away back to his camper, which is only like 20 feet away uh, before June manages to break in. And, and then he confronts her and they have their come to Jesus and she sees his crazy wall.
0: Right. She sees his crazy wall. Um, and... Which is an uh
1: you know, term that I have come to um, embrace.
0: <laughs> and his crazy wall, of course, is showing us that Teddy... our, Our weird cult leader is now, they're giving him a backstory. He's actually like this crazy serial killer. Um, he's been spouting this doomsday stuff. And you know what? This, this is an idea that I think is, you know, again, not totally plausible because the guy was locked up in a prison. And we do in the next episode see how that all worked out. But the yeah, idea he that
1: gets out so easily, way too prison. easily,
0: like like there's really not, no, nothing to it, um, despite the fact being in close quarters with a bunch of walkers that just kind and the of doors
1: all open. Yeah.
0: All, well, f- well, how-
1: yeah. All right. Uh, again. Again. So another frustrating part about this scene where she's looking at the crazy wall before Senior comes in is, instead of just opening the curtains, she insists on using this wind up flashlight. Yeah. Like to ooh heighten the tension. I'm like just open the window. It's daylight outside. You don't have to do this. Right. It was very. I mean, a small point. But, uh, well, that and also really
0: also his name would have been in the articles, right? So that bed. was the other thing where they have this whole weird thing That's on the
1: other wall of the crazy wall right, i think but, it's a double-sided
0: but still like they have this whole like you know thing where he sees the gun and then um they realize who it he takes is a while and who it takes but a while it ta- it's like and it's the tension is mounting and um, he's calling her
1: honey or sweetheart or something yeah. and she's getting all mad and then crashes his camper and breaks it and oh he's just he's an irascible old codger
0: she helpfully loses her jacket with the unread letter from john dory in it which you know is is... a plot
1: point that i yeah i mean i get it like you don't want to read the last thing he ever wrote because then you'll never read a new thing or i don't know something along those lines yeah (sighs) yes and then meanwhile uh dwight and sherry are killing a horse and riding along the scene where she actually does kill the horse they're not even on the road anymore and this is before they reach the camper so I don't know. The camper never went off road, so I'm not sure why they weren't just riding along the road during that scene. Except that maybe it was. There's no reason I could think of. But if you're tracking and they find a they find a jacket, they find a empty can of gasoline uh, before they get to the camper. But they're doing this off road part for a little while. It's right. A small inconsistency, but I, I'm just like, guys, this is not that complicated. Somebody has to be there thinking about continuity.
0: Right, and it it just was it bothered me. So I can't imagine it wouldn't bother everybody. And then, I mean, I do think that they at least make an effort to deal with some of the problems we had with the Sherry story before, which was that, you know, she seems really weirdly focused about, um, you know, killing Virginia. And now it's like other stuff. And then she's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go back and, Deal with the person that caused all of this. I'm going to go back and kill Negan. And, but again, like, there's just such a. They haven't done enough to develop her character for you to even care enough that she's going to go and do this. And, the, you know, despite the fact that Dwight had been looking for her all of that time, I don't yeah. feel like you, there's enough skin in the game where you care about what happens between these two characters. Again, I love Dwight. I think he's a great character. And this is. I think some chance of resolving those, those strange things that we couldn't figure out why they decided to go that path in the first place with the Sherry and Dwight relationship. But it's just not enough um, because I still don't care. I still don't care what happens to her. I, you know, they do the whole weird thing with the horse with no real explanation about why she's being like, so like, and again, despite the fact that, you know, she's looking for gas for the M rapper. She's looking for gas to be able to get back to Negan or whatever. Um, you know, like horses are still precious resources, and for her to just ride this thing to death for no reason, which really there was no reason, um, just felt ridiculous and and like kind of like blind filler in this. I don't know. So there was. I
1: really hope that there's a scene in the next in in some future episode of Lake Town where Morgan's like Sherry. For killing the horse, I'm going to cut off your hand or something. Yes, something. Like, there has to be a price paid for that, honestly. Uh, and I, I do get like that they didn't want to just bring Sherry back on the show and have it just be like, oh, we're, everything's great, we're together again, and there's no, there's no damage or trauma. Like, great, she's traumatized, but I just feel like I've been my issue has been how unlikable her character is <laughs> as a. I mean, maybe that's not fair, uh, but they could have had her trauma express itself in other ways. I think that weren't mm. as Distracting and destructive to, to the main to the rest of the narrative uh, and, and that's been I just haven't really enjoyed No that that storyline and and the prospect of sending her back to the walking dead prime potentially is like laughable I don't think anybody believes that that's gonna happen for a moment And and
0: and I don't know that anybody would care if it did
1: They've raised so. that specter before within season four when more I think four or the one where they were in the trucker gang and Morgan's like I'm gonna drive back to Virginia and, and then they never do. But it's like, all right, how many times are you going to ring that bell? Right. You know, this this show just like it's the same thing with the um, Charlie and Dakota thing. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, we're going to find these like damaged, troubled youths and then keep doing that same storyline. It's slightly differently as we see in the next episode. But mm-hmm. oh, my gosh.
0: It's pretty it, much it, the same thing. Yep. It
1: feels kind of repetitive. Yeah. Um, Look so at the, the
0: flowers. Look at the flowers. Uh, that's all I have to say about that storyline because that's kind <laughs> of the same storyline, right? Um, but, um you know, and I think that to me, the whole purpose of this episode um, was to basically set up the next episode, which was to give Teddy the backstory so that yeah. you weren't going into that cold um, to have some Doryism brought back to the show. Because obviously everybody's really upset that John Dory is gone. As I have said before, he was the heart of the show. He was part of why I watched it. I'm still missing him. And I my I stand by my assertion that it just you just don't care anymore. And well, as Garrett we-
1: Dillahunt's now in uh, in Louisiana shooting where the crawdad's sing, like he already moved right on to it so good for him
0: no no i'm not even suggesting that i I think maybe maybe it was time for him and i think that's fine um but without this character um anchoring a lot of these like you just don't care um and they're doing uh, i mean look jenna elfman It's,
1: it's telling that morgan isn't that anchor for this show like if morgan wasn't on this show how would you feel
0: I don't think I'd care. I, I just don't really care about him anymore, which is kind of sad because I liked him yeah. a lot. In, in yeah. the, So, again, I don't, by the, again, this is not the actor's fault. I think that the storylines have gotten very muddy. I think the showrunners have gotten very lazy. And they rubber
1: banded him back and forth uh, into and out of insanity too many times. Like, yep. it was just too much of that. And now he's reforging himself. Once again, I think for like the fourth forging. Right. Yeah. And so it is it does get just a little bit like you're exhausted with with his personal storyline. And now he's just like this benevolent leader who's also a killing machine. And I don't know what they're going to really do with that going. forward. Right.
0: And then you have the, you know, the doomsday cult that they're trying to somehow stop. But yet can't seem to get a handle on whatever this weird, crazy group of people is doing. Um, and, you know, they're trying to to linchpin in this uh, Teddy character where it's just, I don't know that people would be following him, maybe a few people, but not enough to keep people in line when you've got so much, when you have so much energy that's got to be put into keeping people fed, keeping people in line. Um, It just doesn't work. And especially if it's people that are particularly vulnerable, I don't know that you're going to have this much solidarity and even more questions after the next episode about how that is supposed to work. So, um,
1: A lot of the the plot kind of ends up in this episode that they're trying to find um, Virginia's second in command, Hill, mm -hmm. who was kind of a jerk a lot when, when that community was up and running. And he's been hiding out at uh, Junior's cabin. And when Senior finds him, the only information they get out of Hill is Teddy wants to kill everybody.
0: Yeah. And that's it. And And that's it. And this is like the whole journey is that, oh, now we're going to get Hill. We're going to question him about this Teddy guy and what they're up to. And he knows nothing. Um, So that's kind of strange. Um,
1: And then Senior gets shot in the chest. June patches him up. There's a cut to the next scene, and he's up and walking around.
0: And he's had a gut shot, you know? Um, and I, I knew that they were setting this up because of when, like, so June mentions that she doesn't want to go back to the cabin because there's all these supplies laid out for her to save John and she wasn't able to do that. And I said, oh, Lord, are they going to have her save his dad? And yes, that's exactly what they did. Um, Genius. And they, and they did do, you know, a whole goodbye scene to John Dory, which we didn't really get before, which I think was was nice. And we have some resolution there, at least for his dad and with her. Um, I don't know that John would have had the forethought to write so many things that would have resolved things so well for her and his dad, but he did. Um and then also, by happenstance, Sherry and Dwight are reunited um and as a couple because of the things that John Dory did in this in said in this letter. So, yeah. so it wasn't Athena know. after all. Yeah, so it was it was John Dory that who was the 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 glue that keeps the community together. Um, I, again, like, like we do find out that basically the cult leader is exactly what we think. He was spouting off stuff, um, long ago. This is the whole reason, uh, Teddy is in fact, the whole reason that the father sort of abandoned his family was because he planted evidence to put him in jail. And, uh, John Dory had talked about that too. Um, and so, you know, they kind of close the loop on that piece, but make it, you know, so that it's all about. Teddy Um, and again it just felt very disjointed I don't really care that Sherry's staying or that he she and Dwight are together I think it was was kind of hoping
1: that they were going to ride off into the sunset but they were still they were at Lake Town when uh when June and Senior got there so
0: yeah um so you know and I will say that the whole the whole sort of scenario of John Dory's dad popping up from nowhere that he's in this world that he's been sort of here in this area um, where John never ever ran across him, and he never ran across John, Yeah. It feels quite unlikely to me. So much so that I, I, again, initially I was like, "Is this another weird dream episode, or is this like a fantasy of June's?" Like I and thought now they, they've
1: they've missed each other by like days, you know? Yeah. When John John's exit versus Senior's entry, it's like it, it couldn't have been more than a week. It feels and like.
0: it felt so. I will say initially when this whole ambush thing happened, I. I had a thought that maybe they were doing the June is going crazy kind of a thing. And this is her way of coping with John's death. Um, I even like, I was convinced that maybe at the end it wouldn't even be, you know, John Dory senior wouldn't even be in existence or something like that, that this was just a figment, but that's not what it turns out to be the case. (laughs) But I did, my mind went there just because it seemed like such an unlikely scenario that this character would appear at this particular time. So um, which I think said something about the the storytelling. Um, but in any case, they, they wrapped this up in a nice little package where they're all saying goodbye to John, um, and we've got June making up with Morgan with no sort of real reason for making up other than that Grace, I guess, wants to talk to her. Um, and then, you know, they basically john dory there's now another dory in the camp like so john dory's dad is gonna stay there um i know
1: everything there is to know about teddy Yep. and and i'm gonna help and yeah thanks Yeah.
0: yeah so so you've got that um
1: that's the end of that episode and that brings us to mother right directed by janice cook and written by channing powell alex delisle And that's airing tonight. And this episode is a very Alicia-heavy episode. There is a twist in this one, in the the reintroduction of some characters we haven't seen since season four. But also, it was a very anticlimactic twist, I would say. I went back and watched season four, episode eight, which is the last time we saw any of these people. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I... I watched, I tried to watch the last 15 minutes, but I don't know if you remember how painful that episode was to watch. That's the uh, Madison exit scene episode. Yeah, it
0: was pretty rough.
1: All uh, Althea video recounting, all slow motion and uh, sad classical music uh, played over a lot of flames. And oh God, it was really just so painful to watch. And they don't really uh, clarify whether. Cole and the rest of the people fleeing the stadium survived but they never say either way.
0: Right they just disappear and reappear here and then the other part of this which you know based on what Cole is saying to Alicia I think this was a setup also maybe with Teddy I think he maybe they are part of his cult um, because he starts to tell Alicia to let go so before she kills him Um, so I don't know if this is an elaborate, this was an elaborate plan by Teddy too. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Um,
1: <laughs> well, too much th- just happens to go Teddy's way. It's, like, effortless. He just drives out into the countryside, and everything happens for him.
0: It feels like a big setup. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't, because this is just how it's been going. But it feels like a setup to me. So, um, basically, they're trying to brainwash Alicia in a, you know, he is trying to brainwash her. They lock her in a room, just keep putting on, like, a recording of him saying all his weird stuff. Um his uh, his sort of main follower is not happy about it, because I think Riley, because he feels like Alicia's somehow either a threat to Teddy, but also I think it's more that she's taking the favorite place and he can see that or something like that.
1: Riley is. Yeah, he's he's an odd choice for lead disciple because he does question him all the time. And and Teddy gets kind of pissed off about it. Yeah, But then when Alicia is questioning him, he's like, oh, mother used to question me, too. And he's like happy about it. So I'm like, right. which one do you actually like, Teddy? Pick one. Um, because it seems like you kind of treat Riley like garbage.
0: Right. And I, I mean, obviously, they're setting up that sort of dynamic between her and between Alicia and Riley. So
1: um... <laughs> I don't know that they're going to have much of a dynamic after the end of this episode. But at well. um, th- the beginning of this episode, there is this interesting Set up where he's in prison and it's kind Of interesting honestly no I would I I take that back the probably the highlight of this Episode for me is the just The concept of watching A guy walking to death row And Teddy's spouting off his crazy Stuff and one of the guards is like "Yeah, You're full of it you're going to be doing this soon Too because he's on death row Mm -hmm. but they're walking A guy to death row and on the radio On the TV in Teddy's cell you've heard The zombie apocalypse has begun And so you're just like oh this isn't Going to go the way you think Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. And then um, but then they kind of undid all of my excitement about that setup by having the uh, death row inmate who's been executed and the two two of the cops come out at the same time. Like they've all reanimated exactly at the same time. And now and all the doors open and then yeah, they just like the end of that scene just falls apart for me. Like it's just everything. Well, yeah, because
0: because Teddy escapes by backing up slowly into his cell, and apparently all of them are ignoring him, which, you know, I guess if he stays really still, it it just... And even when he takes out uh, the sheriff, um, he you know, it it's convenient because all the other ones are distracted by other people, I suppose. Um, and he manages to get out there really easily. We don't see him getting out of the full prison, but I don't know that that all the doors in the whole entire prison, especially a place that's got a death row, are going to all open at the same time um, so that he would have been able to get out. But apparently that's what happens and you're kind of left to, to imagine that. Yeah. Um, but now we've got the whole scenario where he's going to take um alicia on some kind of a um spiritual journey or something to convince her over to his way or at least that's kind of what he wants to get to know her He keeps saying
1: and um, he's chosen her already effect- yeah. effectively for what he does to, for to for her at the end of this episode he has chosen her long before. even maybe like as soon as she is left behind after burning down the holding it's so right. it's such a a, a Right. I don't know, snap judgment.
0: Yeah, and con- and conveniently, right when he and Delisha are about to leave, Dakota makes an appearance um, randomly. She and Delisha conveniently have a moment to chat about why alicia hates dakota and dakota feels like alicia should give her a chance um and such deja vu it's just come on um i mean it was
1: alicia and charlie were stuck in that house during the hurricane it's exact i mean it's we're it's the not, same thing it's almost the same thing except teddy's there too and there isn't a hurricane maybe he's the hurricane but it's just it's it's so much of the same stuff that I'm i'm just like I, I don't know. I, I I've stopped watching the after-show uh, explications by the showrunners because I just felt them, them to just, be like making up a bunch of BS. I, so I don't. I know also if don't a, care.
0: I also don't care enough, which is also probably part of the issue. This is really a bad
1: sign. Um, I mean, I'm wondering: is this the show, or have we just become super biased in the way that you know? Like, I, I am curious if <laughs> if we have become uh, unreasonably biased against the show.
0: Maybe we have, but you know if that's the case i, I don't know i'm such sedge- i can take a lot and i can also understand cuz look there i have noticed with a lot of these with these episodes especially those during covid times it's clear to me that they are filming under certain restrictions there's only a specific number of people on set um You can't, you know, I I think that they are operating in a way to try to keep everybody safe. And so you've got these very focused episodes on specific characters and things like that, too. I think so. You're not having quite so many people on set as at once. Um, And so I do understand that there are probably some issues and things that you got to challenges to work around in storytelling because of that. However... I do think that this just all to me feels very sloppy and just boring um, because now we've got, um, we've got Teddy who's inexplicably really running well, this crazy doomsday cult after spending years prepping their underground bunker. They suddenly found another one really conveniently um, that they're now prepping. And we're talking about a place that needs to be prepped that, the idea is that they're going to stay underground for years and years and years. Right. So you're, and they've done this in a matter of days now finding the new place. Um, and so it's just a little bit too convenient to me. And maybe I should just go along for the ride and just not care as much, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then you've got him going on this, this, um, soul searching journey to try to like convince um, Alicia to come over to his way of thinking maybe and to get to know her. Um, it all does feel very set up. Um, he's got a bond with Dakota. I don't think it's shocking that at the end she takes his side and is suddenly easily went over to him because he tells her exactly what she wants to hear. Um, so that's not really shocking. Um, but I don't there's so many moments when Alicia can take him out, and her excuse about not taking him out is that they need to know what he's doing. Well, he's got tons of followers. They can figure out what he's doing. They know vaguely some things that he's doing because, you know, they, they've heard enough that they have some idea that it's got to be some kind of big um, plan to kill everybody, which, you but know. the
1: showrunners reward her for this long con, if you want to call it that, because it was really obvious what she was doing. Uh, by letting her make this radio call you right. know and then uh, you can see in the coming next week scenes that morgan and other people are going to show up and, uh, and there'll be a standoff right, or like right. some sort of fight at the so, end so they they are letting her get away with this and they're letting teddy like give up his uh his secret plan which is what was Kind of there to to make it work, you know the fact well, that it wasn't. And he also well gives known. it up.
0: He also gives it up pretty easily, ultimately. And there's just all these little teases, like, "Oh, I'm not going to tell you." Oh, and I'm gonna like we're all gonna have to start over. And you know, again, these are these actors are good. They just don't have a ton to work with here, and it just feels a little forced. And the scenarios don't feel real. And you know, she when they get um, their quote unquote uh, sabotage tires. Whatever you want to call it, um, by Cole and his team, and these are people that she knew from the stadium that her mother sacrificed, and they've quote they've apparently turned into these robbers, and it definitely felt like they were in on the plan. Um, he gives Cole gives up his gun to Alicia way too easily, if they were these hard bitten criminals, and it's yeah, there is that made zero sense. There's just there's just these weird things that don't make sense, and then ultimately the whole test is that she's going to take out these people that she knew because they've turned bad. And she even says, oh, you know, we've got to take out these bad people, not everybody. And you've got the weird delight of Teddy. And we know he's crazy. Um, I don't think it's a shock that he kills his mother. Um, And then the whole thing, the reason why this whole episode is called mother is that, there is this tie between what he's trying to do about his mother and Alicia's mother and Dakota's mother, um, that they're trying to give them some kind of a common ground and that they're all informed by what had happened to their mothers. And in the case of Teddy, he killed his own mother and somehow has made it okay. If you believe
1: anything that he's saying at this point, he's, he's lying nonstop.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I will say, uh, like the attempt to bring Cole back in and the others, uh, even though they had like only a couple lines in season four, but Cole was Strand's boyfriend and he had, there was a whole scene, a, se- a whole episode where he and Strand went off to do a mission together and Strand mm-hmm. tries to persuade him to leave the group um, and come off with him. And, and Cole was like, no, that's, that's immoral. um, But like, so we're supposed to feel, and Alicia is clearly like, oh my gosh, Cole, you're alive. The others, they're alive too. Oh my gosh, that's so great. But they were, in season four, episode eight, they were super pissed mm-hmm. that all those people abandoned Madison inside the stadium and made a run for it. And that Madison then sacrificed herself to save, well, in theory, they didn't really address what happened to the caravan because it was terribly written. But they, the, uh, Madison killed herself to bring the zombies away from Alicia Strand, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and the, the other. They're like, that, that core in theory, also the caravan. But like I said, they never went back to it. But they were mad at them. They were like, they didn't believe in my mother's vision. Yep. And you know, and so I'm like, why wouldn't you mention that? That's, that's a Shambliss and Goldberg story element. Why wouldn't you say, why did you leave the stadium? Uh, the walls would have held my mother didn't have to kill herself. Uh, you, you know, like something they just don't close that loop no and it's it's quite frustrating
0: and so as i said it felt like there were pieces of this that were missing there were like storytelling parts that felt like it could have been um somehow tied together a little bit better um but it leaves you just kind of questioning where they're going with this and then even the decision at the end and again you've got the the conflict between riley and alicia and he and he's like oh you're, you're going to keep her alive and all this other stuff and that he, it's just sort of this ridiculous leap that Teddy would be so on board with Alicia having really not knowing that much about her other than these like weird moments um, and kind of pushing her into this thing where she's going to kill Cole um, and then the big twist at the end is that he's viewing her as a savior, that he intends to not just, he's locking her underneath with everybody. And I think the intention is to kill everybody with him above ground too, like himself yeah. so and Dakota. everybody. So Dakota, <laughs> and he deliberately tells Dakota to wait outside. So there's that.
1: Um and, you know... Well, she's basically a child soldier at this point. She She's just, you know, point and shoot. You know, she, and that's fine. If that's how she goes out, that's great. I, I do think she needs to die, though, this season. Yeah. There's no redemptive arc for her because if, if they give her one, I will seriously lose it.
0: Me too. Um, So that's where they kind of leave it. And then we saw the trailer for next week, which is the big, I, I would assume, the big... Um, standoff and well,
1: yeah the next episode's named uh, USS Pennsylvania which right. does seem to suggest that they're going to get to the submarine which is finally mentioned I don't know how the storyline mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was like people considered to be obvious because those guys uh, in episode one were standing next to a boat but I didn't feel like it looked you could tell what kind of boat it was right uh but yeah now now we know and now Strand at least got the message mm-hmm. um and people say oh he's not going to do anything about it dakota says uh, uh, but yeah i um, there's two episodes left of the season and i can't wait
0: yep and we will we will talk about those before we i think maybe sign off from fear the walking dead maybe we'll change our minds maybe if they do something different and we have been we have been pleasantly surprised before um, when they took turns but it hasn't been it's been a while so let's see what happens um
1: i'm trying but, to remember a, a standout good episode from this season
0: yeah um so well anyway we will the wrap, door was okay yeah um and we will we will wrap this up um this season up and then have to figure out whether we're going to revisit it again <laughs> um the fear the walking dead again but um in any case um i think that we i don't know I, I'm just curious to see what they do with it. Uh, it's just so ridiculous at this point that I, I'm expecting more ridiculousness um, to wrap out the season. Um, but um, we will be talking about Army of the Dead next time. Um, if you can bring yourself to watch the rest of it, Stuart. I, I oh, yeah, can't. I, think so. I have to. I have to start it. But um, I'm. I'm. I think that this is a good, definitely a good popcorn spectacular crazy zombie film to kick off the summer uh, appropriately. Um, yeah. So so we will be talking about that next time. Um, if you have any comments about for the Walking Dead if you think that we are being biased <laughs> and maybe unfair um, or if you agree with us we'd love it. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, just send us an email reanimated podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us reanimated PCAST um, or you can leave a note on our site which is reanimatedpodcast.com dot com.
1: Yeah. And I, I, you know, if if I, I, I do want to, like, temper... Not really, because I am feeling these feelings. These are real feelings I'm feeling about this show that I think it's bad and it's, like, almost gone over the edge. But I don't want to poison the well, I guess. No, if
0: others are enjoying it, I'd like to hear it because I just want to hear the thought process. Um, And one thing that does occur to me is that this is, um, I don't know, maybe the way that they are telling it is supposed to be ridiculous and spectacular, and maybe that's where we're going from here. Maybe it is supposed to feel a little bit uh, disjointed, and that's that's the decision that they've made with this particular show. But um, definitely always like to hear other opinions about it, so... Um, certainly give us your thoughts. Um, And as always, thank you for listening. And until next time,
1: ciao. All right. Thank you. And bye.